0: Welcome to Paulie Malignaggi from Brooklyn
1: to the world. Proudly representing his hometown of Brooklyn, New York. Paulie Malignaggi takes you inside the ring and beyond. I'm definitely far from shy. We're gonna be ranting about a lot of stuff, not just about boxing. I'm it on life in general, many sports topics and politics. Paulie doesn't hold back. The two-time world champion, Paulie the. Poli Malinaj, Peter Codds, Brooklyn to the world. You know what I realized, bro? I realized that I missed our golden anniversary episode. Bro, <laughs> what's yeah. going
2: on? What with do you that? call that? Uh, by s- 50th
1: episode, yeah. and what's, I missed it. So by, today by, is today is what, P? What are we at?
2: Fifty one. Fifty one. Hey,
1: I missed the golden. You know, what's, that was supposed to be like a special episode, Seth. And how do you guys not get the phone working? And the, where I can't even call in from Miami? How, t- how did the
0: phones not working? This the office? entire office shut down. They sent everybody
1: home. This CBS not yeah. own this conglomerate this conglomerate yeah they mean the cbs not own this i mean how uh, do we have something owned by <laughs> such a big corporation and we don't have running telephones
2: uh, well these are the 1% percenters that bernie's talking about
1: you know, Obviously, CBS. they need to keep the money, not not get it taken away from Bernie.
2: CBS is
1: CBS is
2: one of the because one if of the We companies. can't even fix
1: our phones. We need all the money we can get. over here.
2: <laughs> Right, we're just Jeez. trying
1: to entertain. I was already, American. you know, I, I I actually missed a James DeGale sparring session that day, but I was going to go watch James spar. Granted, I watched him spar the, the the next time he sparred, but I was in Miami. I said, you know what, I'm not going to watch James spar today. I'll just go the next chunky year, later in the day and and go watch him spar because I got to do my podcast today. Well, I, I get your, I, my, I get to my condo. You owe you owe him an
2: apology. You owe our listeners an apology. I'm sorry well, to our did listeners. Did you guys hold
1: it down at least? Did you guys well, we hold did, it down for did. episode number fifty? Or I thought th- so. Was episode number fifty worthy of a, of a golden anniversary episode? It would
2: have uh, well, been a lot better if you were on. the phone. But uh,
1: you know, it, it helped that um, two great fighters fought right
0: before the podcast.
1: Yeah, we were able to talk
0: about Errol Spence Jr. and Gary Russell Jr. Yeah, this okay. Really I mean, great fighter, and I love a sal- good southpaw. Yeah, yeah.
1: Know? They really, uh, they really. Really look good. Yeah, like both guys were Southpaws, actually. So that's when, it's a good, southpaws. that's when good.
0: That's it feels good to be a boxing man when you see talent like that. It's just like yeah. wow. Like they, they both just exploded. You know, I
1: expected Russell to win that fight. I just didn't expect him to win it like that. Bro, you know the guy, I
2: mean? the guy had never been down. Prior. Patrick
1: Highland is a tough kid, and he's not a bad fighter. You know, like, like, I, like he's not like okay. Well, just he hasn't. He hasn't been a guy that he's not a guy that okay is going to wow you and a guy that's going to be like when you saw the fight on paper. Oh, Russell Hyland, this is must watch TV. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying Highland is a pretty good fighter. You know, what I mean, the, he's not a guy who gets blown out in two rounds like that. You know, you gotta really be bringing, you gotta really bring something to the table, some steam to the table to blow Highland out in two rounds like that. He was, you know a, what I mean?
2: he was a gunslinger that night,
1: man. No. But but Russell showing me he's a gunslinger. He must be really pissed about the Lomachenko loss. <laughs> uh, like he must really be pissed because you know he's really like a gunslinger. I mean, he he's, used,
2: he he used was, the AB line. He said, Lomachenko. You know what it is. You got to come see me, man.
1: <laughs> he didn't come see me. Yeah, sometimes to... I don't hear the post fight interviews right. but it's oh, yeah. in the arena. Gets a little. They're watered, like, well,
2: so... they're like, well, you know, you know, he, he's probably gonna move up. He goes, whatever weight he's at, I'm following him. Yeah, he's so you I don't know, care you to go gotta. <laughs> weight, I'm <Yeah>. going. <laughs> you gotta come see me, man. Yeah. <laughs> just,
0: you know, and when they show when they show boxers training, they all look impressive. You're all professional fighters. It's it's impressive to watch the training. But when they showed him training, he seemed to take it to another level. He seemed so focused. And so determined in his well, training.
1: He's, he's one of these guys that not only does he have the natural ability in terms of genetics, like natural speed, you know, obviously he has some natural power there too, but he's also a guy who you can constantly see is a very hard worker. See, some guys are so talented, they take their talent for granted, and, and you know, they, you know, they went on athleticism, but they're not working on the fundamentals as much. Gary Russell's fundamentals are excellent. Ross is like a textbook. You know, I mean, he's got his hands high. He's his back steps is is, a, is basically like a little six inch half step, so you can counter. You know, when he goes on defense, he doesn't overcommit the defense. When he goes on offense, he doesn't overcommit the offense. His hands are always in great position. His body's always in great position. He's always well balanced. Yeah. Yet he has the athleticism to get away with all of that if he had to, but he doesn't. So it makes that lethal speed. Lethal power Even more effective Because his fundamentals Are so precise I mean He's actually a a pleasure To watch in his prime Right now You know and I think he's gonna be A pleasure to watch For the coming years Does Uh, he have a
0: chance Against Lomachenko You think
1: They fight again First of all Seth, I have a pet peeve. anybody Uh-oh. that calls him Lomachenko, I have a pet peeve, dude. There's, there's no n, n in this guy's. There's no n. Lomachenko. 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 The, the n is before the k in the name. There's no. It's no Loman. I mean, my colleagues do it sometimes. I, I don't know why I have a pet peeve. Maybe it's because I've I've had a lifetime of people mispronouncing my last name, so it's like yeah. a pet peeve. Like, don't put a letter there that's not there. <laughs> not the n is not there. You do not see an n there. But don't, don't make it up because it's not there. But then you have it's letters that so you don't even say in your it's name. Lomachenko. Right. Yes. What's with the yes. g? I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Well, it's actually the g n. Italian is nyah, but nobody in America knows how to say yeah, yeah. So it's uh, every time you have a gn in, in a in a in the word in an Italian word, like for, for example, spaghetti bolognese, the gn. Anytime you have a gn in the Italian language, it's nya. It's like an ng. We don't have an ng like in the Spanish alphabet, so the, that sound is made by a so gn combined.
2: Uh, Americans will so totally not pronounce the g and just announce Ma- no, the no. n. No,
1: Malinaggi is actually Malinja. Malinaggi. That's but, what I told you. But Pete. the That's problem, but the problem is, Americans totally butcher the name when I try to give them the nya. So I say, you know what? Just forget about the forget about the G. I'll give I'll take a, I'll take it as close as you can. So growing up, I just had people say Malinagi because if I had them try to say the Nya, it would become Maglinagi. <laughs> it would become all kinds of shit that you don't even want to hear. So so Malinagi's fine. Keep it Malinagi. You know well, as long as you can get that's close enough. But Lomachenko, same thing over here, guys. There's no N. It's not Lomain. There's no Lomain. It's Lomachenko. It's like Lom- Lomain. Yeah, exactly. He's not Lomain. He's so he, he looks like uh, a light
2: ripe little chicken Lomain.
1: Yeah. Anyway, Lomachenko, <laughs> you were saying, Seth? Does there's, there's, Russell have a shot with Lomachenko. It's you know what's the shame of that fight is you were probably watching two of the best fighters in the sport, not let alone in the weight class when they fought each other. I mean, literally, yeah, the and, and they fought so early that people couldn't even appreciate the fight. That those guys are so good that it's the kind of fight that you're supposed to build up, right? And get hype for. Pay per view, and then put it on pay per view. But make they fought. Millions. They fought with like nobody knew them. You know, they 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 fought for a vacant world title when both guys were just starting to make their name and you hope that you'll see it again when they when they now you know can start to dominate more, and, and and they really establish themselves more as stars as opposed to just champions. Because right now they're both champions, but you want to see them establish more stars, and you hope that that fight can happen again when they're both established stars, so that they can get the just due for having fought each other. Because they didn't get their just due for having fought each other. I mean, that was a that was that was two top level fighters, and Lomachenko clearly won that fight. I mean, you know, he showed how just how good he is. He clearly beat a very a guy who in Gary Russell who is now showing just how really really. Incredibly, of a good fighter that he is, Lomachenko clearly won that fight. So, you know, the more Russell can continue to dominate this way, though he'll he'll make his he'll state his case, you know, for um, you know, for people wanting to see the rematch. Because if he doesn't continue to dominate this way, people are going to say, hey, you know what, Lomachenko already beat him, and he beat him clearly. You know, we don't we we doesn't need to see it. But the more Russell keeps destroying everybody else in front of him, you'd be like, oh man, I mean, maybe the only guy that can. Compete with him is Lomachenko, you know. Let's see again if Lomachenko's not that much better than him again, you know. Yeah, he'll,
2: he'll create a demand by, yeah. by by dominating the way. You he mentioned
1: pay
0: per view. When's the last time there was a pay per view with with a main event that was under one thirty five? I can't even think about it because uh, I know Manny didn't really get to that pay per view. Yeah, probably a Manny pay per view. It was probably when
1: Manny was on. Probably was Manny was under one thirty five. He was on. Yeah, like his fight to Marquez. Um, I'm, I'm that was on
0: HBO though I remember too Yeah, initially. yeah the,
1: the first one was on HBO I remember yeah. that one um, But I, I don't know If the second one was I know his fight With Larios In the Philippines Was like a uh, pay per view But was that like An independent one Remember people We watched that one Yeah I think that was, Chololo, Chololo, t- uh, was
2: that? that was like the Top rank Yeah Yo,
1: Top rank Yeah yeah Latin Fury or something yeah, they Latin, was Fury. Was Latin Fury type stuff Because yeah. those
0: fighters That weight are really Great fighters and, yeah. and Santa Cruz too I like watching him fight Absolutely yeah.
1: So. No, no. There's some good fi- possible fights uh, under the 135 pound limit right now. You know, and obviously one of them is that one. And speaking of that weight, you know, we, we, we just had, had a, fights uh, this a, weekend. A, a huge upset. I mean, I don't even know if because in Japan it's weird. I don't. Sometimes they do fights during the week. I don't even know if it was the weekend, but I, I, I saw a headline that Uchiyama, t- uh, was it Takashi Uchiyama? I don't know his first. Yes, name. Yes, it's correct. Takashi Uchiyama was upset, but but what's this guy's first name? Corrales' is his last name. He's not no relation to Diego. Jazreal. Jazreal Corrales. Who started his career one and one, guys? Jezreel Corral started his career one and one.
2: And, then and he apparently he made the th- story
1: on him is that he started one and one, and because of that, he kind of floated under the radar. Nobody gave him an opportunity. Nobody, no, the big promoters signed him. Nobody took him because you got a little guy, and then he's one and one. So you got two things working against you. If you're a little guy, you got to, you know, to j- gain that notoriety, you got to really be extra special. And uh, instead, he's one and one, and he's a little guy. And he's managed, and now he had to fight for the world title. Finally, gains himself nineteen wins, eighteen wins in a row, and the world title shot he gets, he's got to take it in Japan. Because again, if you got no pull, you got always go to the hometown fighters, fight on the B hometown side fighters, uh, uh, hometown or home country. That's a long way the to champions, go. Champions, t- champions, hometown or home country. Long way to go. He gets a two round knockout, dude. They said Ushiyama wasn't was only down twice in his whole career. He was down three times in this fight in yeah. six minutes. A six year reign he had too. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, he was. Um, pretty much known as the best 130 pounder in the world. I mean, that's what uh, according to all uh, the experts. I'll be honest with you, I never saw Uchiyama fight, but he had wins over uh, Brian Vasquez, was a pretty good fighter, and he had wins or he had a win over Takashi Miura, who obviously we know is a good fighter. Right. So you know, this was a, a guy who had had a good reign, was a known uh, established world champion, and uh, he gets knocked off in two rounds and you talk about locksmiths you talk about locksmiths where yeah, were you where on where this one as has Happy Gilmore said back 20 years ago where were you on that <laughs> one dipshit where were you on this one a 15 to 1 on the dog obviously people were realizing this because they said the odds went down to 5-1 before the fight wow. wow so there was obviously some locksmiths in Japan who knew something was going on well, you said this kid was on a big win streak He's always, that's
0: always the guy you're worth taking a shot Yeah. On.
1: But thanks a lot, Pete. But as, as I didn't as, even as, know they
0: fought. As, as Happy
1: Gilmore said to his his caddy in Happy in uh in Happy Gilmore and his, his first caddy when he uh when he first started uh competing, well, what were you on that one, dipshit? Where were you,
2: Mister Gilmore? Mister Lafferty would like to tee off. Get out of the way.
1: <laughs> what were you on that one, dipshit? Hey, where are you going
2: with those clubs, punk? <laughs>
1: There's a, there it is. Yeah, there's I mean, a knockdown.
2: Uh, he went south. He I went saw down. the first knockdown.
1: He went and they stopped at 259 of round two. So basically, almost two completed full rounds. Um, I mean, a destruction. And he's automatically, Gabriel Corral is now a big player in a in a, a division that's getting pretty hot. I mean, you got Vasilo Machenko moving up to fight uh Roman Martinez, right? You got um, you have uh, who else? You have a uh, 130 pounds. Uh, Nicholas Walters has moved up, correct? Oh yeah, uh, yeah
2: he's yeah. at 130
1: pounds. So. Uh you have a a, a pretty good a pretty good weight class. I mean that twenty six and hundred twenty six and hundred thirty pound range is starting to
2: where's, really heat up. Where's Valori? Uh where's um Donair now? Donaire's a twenty
1: six, Twenty six. Yeah. But Donair started at twelve, so yeah. twenty six is he's probably it, it spread is. out as most as uh, But beat. he
2: just gotta win also.
1: Yeah, he just gotta win as well in, in the Philippines, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. He beat that guy Burdak or something. Yeah. So it was a lot of fights. Uh yeah, Nonito's good. And you know what? Speaking of uh, but I wanna I don't wanna leave the Uchiyama and uh and Corrales fight because there was also something else. Part of this, um, part of this fight was also the part of the WBA's movement to minimize the amount of champions they have. So shout out to the WBA because it was getting a little bit out of hand. Um, and apparently, um, Corrales got the shot because Javier Fortuna turned it down to fight Uchiyama. Javier Fortuna was the interim champion. They're trying to make one champion in every weight class, at least for the WBA, which you would say is progress, but in reality, it's just going back to where they were 20 years ago, okay. right. even uh, 10 years ago. Like 10 years ago, you will had one WBA champion. I didn't
2: know class. they were doing that. Yeah.
1: So, they're trying to minimize the amount of champions they have by putting them all together against each other so you'll make one champion. So, there's now not going to be take a some time right. because you have to get both guys to fight each other. Right. You know, you can't just strip one.
2: You're not going to have the super champion, yeah. the regular champion, yeah. the intern. So, the attempt medi- at 130
1: pounds was to get Fortuna in the ring with Fujiyama. Uh, they said Fortuna turned it down maybe for business wise maybe he didn't want to go to Japan who knows Fortuna's a good fighter in his own right so probably now th- I guess the goal now will be to get Fortuna into the ring with Corrales wow uh, and, and uh, try to you know make a one established world champion so they want to do it in the heavyweight division as well where right now they have uh, who do they have they have uh, um, Povetkin Shagayev. The- no Povetkin doesn't have a BA title does he oh he has a regular title did he have the regular title? He's fighting for Wilder's no, he's fighting for WBC wilder title. But I know Shigayev had a regular title or some kind of interim title. But anyway, they want to make all the champions in, uh, in the heavyweight division. Because, you know, you want to start it at, start at there where it really counts and then work your way down. You know, in the welterweight division, you have one welterweight champion right now. You have uh, Keith Thurman. They mm-hmm. finally stripped Mayweather of everything. He's officially retired. They finally took away his titles. So you have Eris Dilara Lara. the official champion at 154 pounds, I believe, for the B.A., And uh, at 47, it's... uh, Keith Thurman. It's Keith Thurman. Now, there has to be one little unifier because at 47, there also is this guy that Shane Mosley's fighting. Uh, He's like an interim champion. So, I guess the winner of that, you would expect to fight the winner of Thurman and Porter... And then unify that B A title and Shane Mosley's
0: getting a title shot. Yes. Well, That's it's an
1: interim title, which in reality, maybe up until like ten years ago, that wouldn't even been a title. But now everything is a title. It's WBA, you said, right? Yeah, but WBA interim. So you gotta consider where it is. You know, what A. I gotta be honest. The B A was, you know, uh, and I know Huberto, Gilberto <laughs> Mendes, and he's a well-to-do guy for the fighters, and he's an honest guy, and he's a, a, a good person actually. But it was getting a little bit out of hand because originally you started the super champion. And the regular champion. You made the super champion for guys who didn't have didn't have the time to um, unify the titles. Uh, once they unify the titles, they didn't have a time for mandatories because they had too many titles. So if you became a unified champion, you automatically became a super champion. That way, you wouldn't have to take care of the mandatories. The regular champion would come in, and he, and he would become a regular champion, and then he would take care of the mandatories. And as the super champion, you know, you could... You know, be easier on the mandatories and go fight other guys. You and know, make because, you're because you're unified, because you're also a unified champion. Right. You have mandatories from your other the other belt you might right. have, or the other rule was if you make ten defenses, you can be a you super champion. Then, which then it became five defenses. You can then be a super champion, which then it became nothing at all. I mean, there were vacant super titles being fought for. I mean, by those rules, the super title should never be vacant because you can only have it if you're uh, a unified champion or if you made five or ten defenses. So it was getting a little bit out of hand. and, and, And it was a bit frustrating to even guys like me where when I won the WBA title, you know, I was the main WBA champion at the time. But like by today's standards, I would have been a super champion. But now I, I would have gone into history as a regular champion because at the time the original super champion rules were there. Where you had to have ten defenses, or you had. And if I'm confusing guys, I'm sorry. I'm trying to explain it as best I can but, uh, for the boxing fans out there. They they understand. If there's any non-boxing fans listening, I hope you'll be able to keep up. If not, just hit the rewind button and uh, and you know they listen to this what you're again. saying
0: about defenses so, and
1: stuff. Do you think so? My so my, my WBA can? title, my WBA title was in the initial blossoming stages of the super champion. So, at the time, they were still had the super champion rules where there was um, either you had 10 defenses or you had a uni- unified title. And then you would be a super champion. But as time went on, and after I lost my BA title myself, I mean, now we're seeing guys like, uh, what was that fight that they fought? Uh, just now, they fought for the vacant super title. Broner Alec Laguardia or the super champion, and they were gonna, right? And Rocco and DiRocco, and DiRocco and, um, and Burns were gonna fight for the regular title. But now that now that um, Broner got stripped, they're gonna make. He didn't make weight, gonna, right? Yeah, yeah. Broner Bron make weight. Rocco and Burns are gonna fight for the vacant. WBA title right. they didn't even call it a super title but they said it's part of the uh, of the movement to right. minimize the amount of titles so the winner of Di and Burns will be the main champion and there won't be another 140 pound champion like, or if there is an interim champion he would have to fight the winner of Di Rocco uh, and Burns so they're trying to minimize it I love the movement because you know we've already got three other major sanctioning bodies and I, I respect them you know I think four major sanctioning bodies is okay in boxing people would disagree but we're not in an era where guys fight every month like they did in the 50s when you had one world title you know so you you will have guys go through their entire prime without getting a world title shot if you don't have four major titles because now champions fight twice a year and if they if they want to avoid somebody they will avoid somebody and you know in the matter if they only fight twice a year you only got maybe well, how many how many opportunities you got six eight fights opportunities to get a shot at this guy you know what i mean you yourself are in your prime for how many fights maybe 10 fights you know what i mean 15 fights at most so if you don't get a shot you know that's it so i think four world titles it's okay. Yeah, I think I think it's okay you know, because it gives ch- fighters an opportunity to make money, win championships, and then become more in demand.
2: Well, we're starting a movement. You said we're going to call it "All Belts Matter."
1: All belts matter. Well,
2: the All Belts Matter movement.
1: Well, all all major belts.
2: <laughs> all major belts all matter. Major
1: belt, as long as it's one though. You know what I'm right. saying? And this is right. what I like about the, the BA doing well, this.
2: Well, the BA, when they, you know it, it started is, to get diluted, yeah, they were basically the w, handing yeah, out belts yeah, like dollar okay. bills in a strip club yes, at a certain point. exactly.
1: And that's the thing. The WBA was always one of the major sanctioning bodies, the major sanctioning organizations. As a matter of fact, it used to be just the MBA. then it, the IBF came along, and then the WBO came along. So, you know, you have a history of crowning not only major world champions, but crowning some of the best in the sport the sport has ever produced so you know you don't want to water it down now by starting to crown these guys that are half-assed you know what I mean well speaking
2: of which part of the process now is gonna force our friend Danny Jacobs to either fight Triple G or you know
1: Yes, and if, if, with that movement, you'll eventually have to see a, a Golovkin-Danny uh, uh, Jacobs fight, right? If the move, But, of course, Mendoza did say it's going to take a little bit of time. Right, right. Because not all the fighters are going to get in the ring with each other right away. Right uh, away, right. So unfortunately, this is also 100%. a business. 100 You know? So, you know, that's th- the goal is to do that. Um, you'll see how long it takes. But you're starting to see little by little that it is moving in that direction. And one of the steps towards that direction was uh, the uchiyama Corrales fight. It only happened because... Fortuna turned down the Ushiyama fight, so you hope that Fortuna now fights Corrales and uh, things keep continue to move in that direction. You know,
2: that's great. I mean, any time it goes back to to just making it more simple for the fans and it holds more value that way. Yeah. When you When you have one of those belts, you feel <laughs> like I'm champion of the world. Yeah. I'm amongst. Yes. four people in a weight class. Yes. there's only, yeah. you, you
1: know. You know, there's a, a different feeling when you capture a major world title. You know, what I mean, like I, I was never interested in the minor world titles, or even when I won the continental titles, I never really cared much for them. But they're in my
2: a, trophy case.
1: Yeah, they're all. I actually gave a lot of them to Peter. <laughs> but, but you know, when you you catch you grab a major world title, there's a special feeling. Um, that you've captured something special, and obviously the new checks that you get when you're fighting obviously will tell you themselves. Right. But but you know just the 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 feeling that you know you've captured something that is very difficult to capture most of the time, and uh, you know it's, uh, it puts you on that world class level, establishes you on that world class level. It's you know you don't want to water that down by by uh, by creating too much too much, you know, giving out too many. So I, I applaud applause to the WBA, props to the WBA, shout out to the WBA for uh you know making this move and going back to the way they had it back in the not-too-distant not, not too distant past, you know? And uh, hopefully everybody else uh, continues in that th- trend as well. Hopefully WBC eliminates this emeritus. I don't even know what this emeritus thing is, really. W- the emeritus champion. I think it, it cha- means, like, champion in recess or something. Like, whenever you decide to come back, you're automatically champion, which is weird, you know? Like, so is that hope Floyd? hope they eliminate that, too. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But they the BA said did say that if Floyd does decide to come back, he would be entitled to being the number one contender, which I think is totally yeah, fair. that's fair. I think it's totally fair. It's Floyd Mayweather, yeah. I mean, but uh, at least you know he's doesn't he's no longer the champion in WBA, so you know, and and also gives other guys an opportunity to win the thing. I mean, if you crown right. a new champion who's actually fighting, it'll give challengers a chance to fight him and also win the championship. Floyd, you
0: know? Floyd's bigger than the title at this point. Oh, absolutely, without a doubt, he doesn't without, need a, doubt. It. He doesn't without need
1: a doubt he's bigger than the title without a doubt. But you know, not everybody is bigger than the title, and, no. and um, you know, those things still. uh Ultimately, you're still you're still judged later on in your life by having won certain championships, regardless. You know, so if it's bigger than the title, you know, Floyd still is judged by the amount of championships that he's won, which is so many I don't even know. But you know, uh, boxing though,
2: at a certain point started to dilute the importance of being a champion, and I think the UFC uh, over is a little over. Um, I don't know the term I'm looking for, but how do you how do you become undisputed? Champion in UFC, well, there's only
0: one
1: belt. They have interim belts. Oh, stop! Well, now there's, it. No, but there are interim belts that actually. John are, Jones has interim, yes, interim belt now. Yes, yes, but I, it, it, in their in their in their defense, they use the interim belt the way it should be used. Boxing initially, when the interim title started, it meant that once the interim champion was crowned, and he only became interim champion because the champion fell out of that mandatory defense by either being ill or getting injured the mandatory contender would fight for the interim title and, and win it. Then the ch- the major champion had six months to defend against the interim champion. And if he, did, if he did not, he would automatically be stripped and the interim champion would become the champion. So it wasn't just a, a handout belt. It, it actually meant something back then. And the, the UFC is using it in that way as well. Like... Cormier has to fight John Jones in the next six to eight months or whatever the rule is in the UFC. It just otherwise, got announced, actually. Yeah. Otherwise, John Jones becomes the champion. I mean, that's the way the interim belt was initially designed to work. Then it just became watered down and they were just handing out interim belts just for the sake of doing interim belts. As a matter of fact, the IBF, for example, they don't even do interim belts. If you notice, there's never an IBF interim champion because they don't do it. They refuse to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well. So you know there's a place for the interim title if you use it correctly if you don't abuse it you know what I mean I think the UFC uses it correctly and, and it is made done to enforce to enforce right. if you're
2: using it as a trophy case it's not It's. Lennox not the Lewis the
1: became WBC champion when Riddick Bowe refused to defend against him yes you know, because he threw the title in the garbage he was interim champion right. yep he was scared he was possibly looks like you
0: know. we had some uh, big title fights last Saturday we did what was on Saturday
2: uh, Chocolatito Chocolatito yeah went 12 Triple rounds G. with uh,
0: McWilliams Arroyo Good action. Good it action. was, was action. yeah, absolutely. Uh, McWilliams Arroyo is one tough guy. Yeah, I Kissing mean, he shot. he took it and kept coming, here's and he thing. has
2: and he has two last names. Yeah, yeah, yeah McWilliams
1: Arroyo. Yeah, <laughs> and he has no first name. Yep, no, you it's don't pronounce you don't pronounce the W in
0: his first. Name. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: here's the thing, Chocolatito. I think is a a really fun defensive fighter to watch, and he's fundamentally sound as well, but. I'm trying to figure out how he's number one on everybody's pound for pound (laughs) (laughs) list. I still haven't figured it out. I still haven't figured it out.
2: I don't know where the fuck this is coming from.
1: You know, I'm really trying hard. I respect his hustle. He's a good fighter, he's an exciting fighter. He can take a shot, too. He can take a shot. But the fact that we know he can take a shot means he gets hit a bit more than he should to be a a number one pound for pound fighter. Um, He's, uh, I don't recognize most of the names on his record aside from maybe Brian Valoria and the guy Strato gave him a tough fight, they said.
2: yeah, just guys out there know. there's a guy named still, uh, Andre Ward out there. I'm still
1: trying to figure it out. And, and and I'm not that's not to discredit Chocolatito, but just because he's not number 1 pound for pound doesn't make him not a good fighter. It just makes him not number 1 pound for pound. I he could even, be on the pound for pound list. No, I don't even think it's close dude. But even I mean, I don't even think he sh- like he's good. He's right. a solid world champion, but like there's nothing that stands out to me. You know what's I mean? like, you know what's, you know what's kind of messed he's up? He's overly offensive. He's got his hand he doesn't change the look. He he's pretty squared up actually, so he, that's why he's a bit hittable. Um is he exciting? Yes. Is he fundamentally sound? Yes. Although he's too aggressive, he's fundamentally sound and well-balanced. Uh, he changes the angle. It's all offensive-minded, though. Everything we're talking about, every, all the credit we're giving is all offensive. There's nothing defensive about him that we can say, oh, you know what, the way he did that. He sidesteps, but he sidesteps to, to change the angle offensively. He's not sidestepping right. to avoid a punch. You know what I'm saying? So so it makes him fun to watch, but this is the problem that a lot of these boxing geeks Make mistakes with is they see offense and right away they fall in love with it and they they, they constantly the this ever, amazing right. It's also why everybody thinks Sugar Ray Robinson is the best pound for pound fighter in the world. I don't know you're gonna lynch me now for saying this, but I and, and in history, but I don't think so. I don't think so because again, he's another one who's way too offensive. He just there was a lot of foils for him in those days. Everybody's flat footed. Everybody's fights in a way that. Is a foil to to a a guy with that kind of athleticism. Was he ahead of his time? Absolutely. I don't think he fought with the intelligence he could have, though. I think he's too a bit too offensive. And when you're too offensive, you're gonna pay. You're gonna tend to pay a price most of the time.
0: I think you go by his right, records too too much, right? Because he's forty five and 38 knockouts. People look at that like, wow. Well, yeah, wow. yeah. Of, of course. course you know what I don't like is uh, what I about Andre
2: I d- Ward's record? Yeah, exactly. Well, I like I like that now we're in a time where these little guys are getting attention. I like that, right? But you know what sucks? There was a guy named Ivan Calderon from Puerto Rico that was...
1: Awesome. Uh, but undefeated, but he a lot of for undefeated so for twenty five years. Get a lot of knockouts <laughs> so they didn't put him on the pound for pound. Right. like well, that guy was great. Watch
2: the guy fight. He was actually should Calderon have been on is everybody's. Against
1: Chocolatito. it was a good fight, bro. It's a good <laughs> fight. I'm looking at Ring Magazine and they have they
0: have uh, Chocolatito number one, but they have uh, like a You gotta say you'd put him over Chocolatito Yeah, percent right? I put hundred percent
1: I Right, put Ward over Chocolatito I put Golovkin over Chocolatito I put uh, that's all Crawford over Crawford, Chocolatito. Kovalev. um Kovalev. Possibly, possible. I I, I could call Cole in the top ten for sure. At somewhere. Um, I'm just you know I'm thinking out loud right now. Not even I'm yeah. not even making an established list. Kel Brook. um Kel-Brook doesn't have the Kel-Brook, names as well. He doesn't have I, the names, I, but. but but I do think Kelbrook stylistically has a style that could go far against other upper echelon fighters further than Chocolatito's style against other upper echelon fighters. You know. Um, um you know, is uh. It's a lot. I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a
2: lot to give somebody that that number one spot. Yeah, and like,
1: obviously, it's always up for debate because it's a it's a, a mythical yeah, it is crown. It, it doesn't is. really exist. You know, it's like, uh, um, you know. Doesn't really exist <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, but we've had
0: guys In our time Like Floyd Mayweather Was no doubt it's Mayweather
1: Roy Jones Roy
0: Jones was a no doubt Roy
2: Jones was always on there Roy Roy and yeah. Floyd competed When yeah. Right before Roy Pernell Whitaker yeah. Pernell Whitaker Was always yeah. on there. Chavez and Pennell always said, like, I'm number one pound for pound. So you know, like, because he people didn't want to fight him, and people don't realize. But you that.
1: notice, Pennell was also <clears> a guy who didn't <throat> get the credit. It's like if you're the boxer, you don't get the credit. Just like now, Andre Ward. If you're the boxer, people right away, as, as soon as Pacquiao started winning a few fights, right away they wanted to eliminate Floyd from the pound for pound. And you know, know what? You, know you know like, what's the funny? boxer never gets credit. Meantime, the boxer is always the guy that can beat everybody. You know that uh, I'll t- give me a top boxer who has all the answers boxing wise over a guy who's aggressive and punches any day because. The ultimate boxer will always be the ultimate puncher aggressor because he'll always set to have the traps ready for him.
2: And you know what's funny is that Andre Ward took a layoff. Uh, obviously, man- uh, promotionally, he had uh, huge yeah. issues. But then he was supposed to fight, and he got injured. And everybody's like, oh, you can't be pound for pound if you fight once a year. As if that was his choice to not fight, right? And
0: meanwhile, a lot of the I
2: guys- got one better for you. I got one better for you. I've been saying this on Twitter and going back and forth. Andre Ward, I don't think people appreciate what they're watching as far as how good he really is. And you know when it's going to really resonate to a lot of people? They don't know who uh, Barrera, Sullivan Sullivan Barrera is, who he just beat. People don't know. The guy had over 200 amateur fights, and he's Cuban, okay? This guy will now bounce back from his first loss because he was undefeated, okay? So Andre Ward's first test at light heavyweight, which was a new weight class, he fought a Cuban undefeated prospect slash- Knocked him down too. Right. Now you're gonna see Barrera, tell me if you disagree, you're gonna see Barrera come up and come back and actually fight and beat some of the names at 175 at light heavyweight. I agree. And people are gonna say, wow. Now you're gonna go back and think, this guy didn't win around versus Andre. And he's beating... He'll beat Pascal right now. 100%. much
0: more skilled. He'll,
2: yeah. He'll, uh, Barrera will beat Pascal. Barrera will beat, well, I feel, maybe the other Cuban kid, Gonzalez, that got robbed by Pascal. That would be a good fight, though. I think Barrera is up there in the top 10 of 175 pounders. And mind you, this is a, a stacked weight class in itself. Sure. Uh, you know, you got the... Um, you got Kovalev, you got Adonis, you got you know, you got Andre Ward. You got um what's the other guy? Biterbiev? Yeah. Biterbiev is a, is a beast. Well, you got um
0: well, Andre looks like he's going to fight Kovalev fun. this year, right? I mean, that's, yeah, well, I that's think it's part
1: of the contract stipulation, right? Yeah,
2: that that supposedly was was signed and done. I can't uh, wait for that fight. Yeah, of course. But Barrera, you're going to see make a name for himself in this weight class by beating big names. And then you're gonna have to go back, and you, it's gonna it's gonna suck when you you know it's gonna taste bitter when you have to <laughs> swallow it. But you're gonna say, man, Paulie and Peter were right that Andre Ward is just that good because he handled this guy the way he did.
0: But by that point, he might have beaten Kovalev too.
2: Right. So, I mean, if he you know, beats Kovalev, I don't know what else you want from the kid. No. Andre Ward has been, hasn't lost a fight in his life since he's 12 years old. Yeah. If that doesn't if that doesn't say how great he is. Well, we have a big
1: problem with with who who's viewing the sport and who's just sitting because there. even in the amateurs, you know that you can't pick it's so in the It's so competitive. You know how you have to fight everybody in the amateurs. You go to a tournament, they set up the bracket, and uh, that's it. You know what I mean? So, so it, the, to, to win, nobody goes undefeated in the amateurs. First of all, anybody that says they went undefeated in the amateurs, unless they had like five, ten fights, uh, it's all bullshit. Because if you, if you went undefeated in the amateurs and you had like a hundred fights. I want to see your Olympic gold medal. I want to sure. see your Pan American right. Games gold medal. I want to see your European title gold medal. If if you were in Europe, I want to see your World Championships gold medal from that tournament because the amateurs is like numbers; it never ends. If you win your your city, you will go to your regional. If you go to your regional, if you win your regional, you go to your state. I mean, you go to your state, then your regional. If you win your regional, then you go to your national. If you go to your national, if you win your national, you go to your international. So along the line, every single time. You're not going to win every single time along that going up that whole ladder because there's just too many good fighters. So somewhere Sometimes you win, sometimes you won't. Somewhere along the line, you're gonna get, you're gonna get beat here and there. You know what I mean? Yeah, so,
2: especially at the world level, yeah. you're gonna fight, you're gonna meet a Cuban, and you're gonna even probably a fight level, him, You know, you're you, gonna you, probably fight a Cuban
1: you, or a Russian yeah. two, three times. And you know, men, and they're men, and you're still a boy. Yes, <laughs> but even at the national level, bro, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you weren't winning every national tournament every single time. Yeah, who you were, has? Unless honestly. you were Andre Ward, where you were really stepping out. You know who used to do it a lot too? Uh, Ricardo Williams. And I was in the amateurs. Right. Aside from that, I mean, I didn't see anybody else. Winning constantly like that And yeah, Ricardo, Ricardo Williams Is a great win fight. The gold. He lost in the finals Of the world And he lost in the finals Of the Olympics To the same guy Muhammad Abdullahi. Abdullahi, right yep. And then Ricardo Didn't pan out To be
2: pros. a stellar Stellar pro yeah. When Andre Ward Is a stellar pro And was a stellar amateur What else does this guy Have to do mm-hmm. Gold medalist Cleared out the whole 168 pound division. Everybody goes like, oh, super six or super six. He beat everybody convincingly. Did
0: anyone? Mm-hmm. Has anyone get come close to even give him a good fight? Has anyone won the? rounds? Um, I mean, him?
2: some awkward styles. Like
1: he, he. I mean, his career. He was. He, he, he got hurt. I remember. He, yeah, um, yeah. He was like starting to, to. Uh, Phase himself into the into the pros a little bit, and you know he had to figure himself out. And but there's he, always he, he those spoilers, yeah. Of course, the, you know the Sakio Beakers of the
2: world, him. you Donal know, Donal right? You know, but like the Sakio Beakers of the world that are mm-hmm. just awkward mm-hmm. and headbutt you, and maybe you give a guy a few rounds based mm-hmm. on the dirtiness and all that. Mm-hmm. But I think those were all learning curves for Andre to just get better, and I think he did. I mean, the kid, listen, because he's not out there in strip clubs and blowing his money and acting like a clown, that. That takes away from what he makes inside the ring, and it's unfortunate. He's a happily married man. I think they're, like, together since high school. Like, they have beautiful kids. He's all business. Yeah, he goes to church. Like, does that mean that he's not a phenomenal fighter? (laughs) I mean, does that mean that he doesn't deserve what Mayweather
0: makes? (laughs) Sometimes fighters suffer from lack of competition, and, like,
1: you know, Roy Jones... But it's not even lack of competition, because... He cleaned out the super middleweight division. And he made it look in easy, though. In the super though. six. The problem is, yeah, he made it look easy. But the, the super six, I mean, you look at Carl Frosh's career. It's been an amazing career. Kessler, good fighter. Kettler, yeah. Kessler had a, had a uh, good career. Yo, Andre Ward beat them like, like they didn't belong in the same ring with him. That's what, you what I'm know saying. What I mean? so, so, yeah, it's lack of competition. But these guys are all good fighters. And, you know, at least he had that tournament. And, and Andre is lucky that those guys were established before he fought them and he was the young up-and-comer so that he gets credit for those wins because otherwise you end up like Roy where you're so good nobody even gets nobody can even move into that stratosphere so everybody every, they consider everybody just not good where what? it actually is was pretty good fighters like Eric Harding I remember was a really good fighter he just you know he was in Roy Jones era so People aren't gonna realize how good of a our recording was, you know. And, and, James and, Tony, yeah, James, right. well, James Tony, people did realize it, but Roy doesn't just—he you know, doesn't people, get people, the credit. Just like shut people forget out. what Andre Ward did at sixty-eight, people right. forget forgot right away what Roy did to James Tony, you know. Right. And so. goes up and knocks Virgil Hill out in seventy-five. Yep. You know? Yeah, it's like with a body shot. You know? Yeah, so you know, I mean, it's uh, a. <clears throat> People have short memories in boxing. Well, well, didn't you tell me you argued with somebody on, on social media and the guy said, who was is, who is Andre Ward beat or something like that? He yeah. Uh, when he was arguing about Chocolatito I, being number one pound for pound. <laughs> I said, listen,
2: the guy's exciting. I said, the best asset he has is his punch selection. But he's taken more shots in one round than Andre Ward has taken his whole career. That's... A testament to Andre's skills. Yeah, no doubt. Chocolatito's not supposed to get credit for having a good chin. That that never made you pound for pound. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A pound for pound best is all facets. Uh, you know, you have all dimensions to you. Your offensive, like a five your defense. tool
0: player. Right.
2: It's yeah. he's he's uh, you know, he's phenomenal. The guy catches and shoots. He his balance is perfect. His his range is perfect. His offense is Wait, perfect. My favorite. His ring generalship. Ring generalship yes. is perfect. The guy is. <laughs> Freaking perfect! Yeah, and people don't actually sit there and say, "Wow, look at what I'm watching," and it happens all the time. But maybe
0: this will be that Kovalev fight will be his defining moment. Of course, know? but then
2: they'll they'll look for another excuse. And no, well, come yeah, on, it, we, it always happens. Kovalev, listen, Triple G Triple G-, G hasn't fought someone with and again, I'm gonna get shit for this because it sounds like I'm hating on him. when I'm not, I appreciate the guy. I like watching I mean, him, but it's not his fault. He right, it's not his fault, but he hasn't fought someone with a pulse. the his biggest. Name on his record is Lumieux.
1: Here's the thing. I mean, it's it's here's, brutal. Here, here's, here's where well, I, pers- you
2: know, somebody brought up our friend Dimitri from Nature's Girl brought up a good point. At this point, at this juncture in their careers, Danny Jacobs has a better resume than Triple G. Yeah. He knocked out Kid Chocolate in one round.
1: Triple G has no names on his record. Yeah. Is it, is it, a, it's, it's part like, but it's also part of the fight guys fight him. Don't want to fight him. Here's the thing. And this is where I, um, uh, and this is where I, I get shit for thinking uh, the P.D. generation is different than old generation. Uh, I call this generation the P.D. generation. But, you know, people give Golovkin a lot of shit. People give Ward a lot of shit um, for refusing to move up. Obviously, Ward ended up having to move up. Golovkin refuses to move up. But we had a, Marvin Hagler in the late 70s, early 80s. Was a middleweight champion for eight years. He was champion. I'm going to give you an example of how long this guy was champion. This guy was champion so long that Mustafa Haimshaw worked his way up the rankings... Made himself the mandatory contender. Got beat. Fell back down the rankings. Worked his way back up the rankings two or three years later. Got all the way to the mandatory contender again. And Hagler had to fight him again and beat him again. If that happened today, you know the way they would murder the champion for fighting a guy he already beat? Right. They would tell you, oh, he's fighting a mandatory. He already beat this guy. What is he doing? <coughs> Buddy, that's just boxing. Okay, get all, get this. get, Either get into your heads that a lot of the weight moving up is PEDs in boxing or or go watch another fucking sport, okay? Because a clean fighter cannot move up in weight that fucking easily. It's just not... Some, even if they grow out of weight class, as I did 140 pounds to 147, you still leave something behind because you grow out of weight class doesn't mean you're not the same size as the guys you moved up to, to fight. Those guys are still naturally bigger than you. They're natural welters or whatever, welth, whatever weight you're going up in weight. Even guys that grow out of a weight class are at a disadvantage, okay? So... Guys, you cannot discredit guys for not moving up and weight. So that's why, you know, when I say, okay, Golovkin hasn't got a lot of big names, and a lot of the middleweights won't fight him. Oh, he got to go up and fight Ward. Yeah, okay, maybe. You know, I'd like to see it as a fan. I'd like to see. It. And you know what? You got to give Golovkin some shit for calling out every 68 pounder except Ward. Right. He'll definitely. Yeah, gotta, yeah. He'll fight Ramirez. He'll fight Abraham. He'll, he'll fight, fight Chavez. Him, he'll fight Chavez. He'll fight him all, but he won't fight Ward. Not at 68. He won't fight Ward. You know. So you, know, you got to give him shit for that, because you know, you can If you're not gonna move up, you got to choose your words carefully. You can't just start calling out everybody and then leave on. Award like he doesn't exist because you know he's gonna be like the 800 pound elephant in the room, you know what I mean? So you can't do that, but I do believe asking guys to move up is we it's taken a little bit too much with a grain of salt now than it used to be. Like asking guys to move up back in the day was a serious thing, you right. know what I mean? I, and all and great fighters could do it and move up and and do great things. And uh, you Duran's, your Leonard's, your Hurts, yes. all time and that's why they were great fighters right. because they were able to pull pull these things off that a lot of guys couldn't do because it was that rare. It was that rare, you know? Um, Nowadays, it's like you make a defense right away, like, yeah, dude. You know what? When is he going? When we gonna see him move up and weight? Like, you right. see a hundred twenty-two pounder. You know, we want to see him with this twenty-six pounder. We want to see. Him, then you get twenty-six. So we want to see him with the thirty-pounder. It's only one more weight class. No, actually, it's gonna be two weight classes now because he came up from twenty-two to twenty-six. You can't just say one more weight class. Otherwise, it'll always be one more weight class. Every time the fucking guy moves up, he's one weight class away from the next weight class. He's not actually moving up one weight class. You stupid pricks. You know what I mean? Right. So. And just in a big, the
2: sense, in the sense wait, you're 100% right. You can't sit there and say, oh, GGG, you, you have to move up. We would like to see it, right? And the reason well, why I say you would like to see like it.
0: Fight the is, 60s first. There's a lot of there's some well, good 60s. Well, this years. is the well, thing. Well, they is the they thing. Won't, they won't if they don't
2: want to fight you, I was telling him the other day, if they don't want to fight you, you're 34 years old. How are you gonna leave yes. your legacy?
1: You're gonna have to make a tough decision.
2: Are you gonna yeah. leave your legacy behind and as f- as the guy, yeah. the most ducked guy? Yeah. And you think you're gonna get on the greatest of all time list that way? Let me tell you something. What would what would the media do to Floyd if this was his stand? No, oh, I'm gonna stay at 140, fight the Kazazus and all these people, and well, just that's the
1: thing. The media now, they're they refuse to see the PED generation. They refuse to acknowledge that. But, they don't, they, wanna, but they, they don't know any better. But they I, I don't know any better because one, I don't forgive ignorance when you make like right. you know it all. Like, right, if you're right, in a right. position to actually talk and influence people's minds, then I cannot forgive ignorance. I can forgive ignorance when you're not in a position. To Especially influence
2: Especially when minds. you're arrogant about okay.
1: it. Yes. So, so if, if Floyd didn't move up and wait now, yeah, they would they would totally murder him. If he didn't do it in the 80s, though, like nobody, I don't, right. I don't know that Hagler ever got a problem for not moving up from 160. I don't know that Hagler ever caught a problem. Was there even a 68 back then? They the sixty eight slash seventy five was invented. Sixty eight was invented for uh, Leonard and Lalonde. So sixty eight didn't exist. It would have been the seventy five. Yeah, that's a big move. Yeah, yeah, it's a big move.
2: But no, dude, I'm talking about Mayweather as a person. Mm-hmm. The way they, just media wise, verbally executed him. Well, his, even for not fighting whole back, career, yeah, we got right. a lot of crap for that. This guy, if you look at Floyd Mayweather's resume, guys, go on boxrec.com. It's free. <laughs> just type in Floyd Mayweather. Type in all the greats. Type in Penel Whitaker. Type in these guys and look at who they fought. If if Floyd Mayweather was doing what Triple
1: G is doing right now, and even what would happen to Floyd? But even it was just wasn't this kind of demand though. I remember even Penel Whitaker, great fighter, Chavez, great fighter. They would fight like a great fighter, and then they go back and fight like a a pretty good fighter. But you know, he wasn't great, but he was known as a solid fighter. Like. I don't understand. Like my
2: father-in-law said, Ali did it too. The best, is the greatest of all time. Everybody did it.
1: Yeah, you, you, you can't expect guys to fight. Number one, pound for pound. Okay, we beat it. Now let's go to number two, pound for pound. Okay, let's go to number three. They do it. it doesn't Well, happen. you could
2: do it in video games. There's not enough That's the problem. Oh, yeah, good fighters. Fighters. I'll tell you what another
1: thing you can do it in. You can do it if you're on fucking steroids because mm. these guys that are on steroids are doing it and now, so now it becomes a demand for everybody else fucking doing it and the media is so stupid they refuse to acknowledge anybody on steroids. So now you, oh, let's look at, no, if this guy's doing it, then you got to do it. You got to fight all the time. You got to fight this killer and you got to fight this killer, buddy. You want to make a ten-year career into a two-year career? Because that's right. what you do. You fight one killer after another killer after another killer. You seriously shorten your career. You know, as a human being, you cannot pull that off. And again, I mean, until they start acknowledging it, you don't. Uh, you're not gonna get anything to solve it. That's for sure. You know.
2: No, the, the good fighters are gonna get criticized for not challenging themselves. You know, that's that's what happens. Oh, know, well, he turned. He didn't fight
1: this guy. He didn't move up and fight maybe. this guy. Go
0: back to Golovkin. The Canelo fight's gotta happen. I mean yeah, assuming, he beats, thing, assuming he beats assuming he beats The Canelo
1: thing is frustrating because I'll tell you what, Seth, you might never see the middleweight title contested at 160 pounds Right, again. Like even what, there, I'm on GGG's side for that. The middleweight title is a hundred and sixty pound title. Agree. This whole catch weight shit that they allowed in boxing, you may never see the one hundred and sixty pound title ever contested for at one hundred and sixty pounds. Well, they should they should crucify him sense. in the press. Golovkin they doesn't should go full make, on attack. It if doesn't that, even make any sense. If that's the if trying to make him suck weight. Now you're fighting a blown up super lightweight slash welter, and, and you're going to defend the middleweight title against him at a catch catchweight of, that's not even the middleweight weight. You know, like it's totally, it's, it's totally, totally. But want everything for a loop. If we I don't mean, see that triple G, G- Canelo fight,
0: that's that's a real that's a real
1: black eye for boxing. Yeah.
0: You got to see that fight because they're both champs. Like that will feel like that's the middleweight
1: guy. Yeah, you know, and nobody. If I mean, that's I think that's what Golovkin is waiting. You talk about what? Yeah, Golovkin's no, that's legacy. what he's waiting for. sure. That's probably Golovkin's um, hope is that you know he grabs this Canelo fight. Well, know, Canelo's
0: going to say, "Well, I'm the draw on pay per view. You got to do what I want, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Was, I guess that's what he's going to say. Let's take a little. Uh, let's break. Let's take a break because Pete's on his uh, Corona. Big swing. shout he's to Corona. Thank big you. Out to Corona. That's why we got to take a break. send a At check take a piss. <laughs> later.
2: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. <sighs>
1: All right, we're back. Pete, you good?
2: Yeah, you, you tired?
1: Well, I was waiting for you to come back from that long-ass pace. You shut it down a little bit? Yeah, you shut it down for a little bit. All right, so... Let's get on the schedule for this week. What do we got? We got okay. PBC fights. PBC we Friday. We got, we got the Darrell brothers. Brothers. We got uh, Andres fighting um, the kid from Australia, right? What was his name? Blake Caparello. Blake Caparello. Capo, Capo, yeah. And uh, who's Andre f- Who's uh, Anthony fighting?
0: Anthony's fighting Caleb Truax. Oh, Caleb oh. Truax. Okay. Yeah, Danny we've, beat him. We've seen
1: him. him. Yeah, Danny Jacobs has beaten him. Uh, I think he fought Jermaine Taylor as well. He's, yes. He's a pretty uh, tough guy. He's 68.
2: Right? Yeah. He's um. He's like one of those guys that's a good name on your record yeah. as far as... You, 60, you have to beat him.
1: A, but he's a 60-pounder. Right, 60 but you have to fight. beat him. Yeah.
2: If you lose to him, it's really bad. <laughs> if yeah. you beat him, it's... It's, it's, it's His a, best uh, weight is at 60. This yes. is at 68.
1: But, you know, uh, Anthony's on the comeback trail after they have lost the title to badu Right. So, you know, we'll, uh, it's a good we'll fight. see how he looks. And is not a bad fighter, but just Andre's a, a very good fighter. Capital also coming down in weight. He was at a light heavyweight, remember? That's him? right. He dropped uh, Kovalev, actually, when he fought him. and then he got That was wild, yeah. Uh, Cap- and Capriles has a win over uh, our buddy, Elvia Mariki, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, he's coming down in weight to one sixty eight. Makes him a pretty tall sixty eight pounder. Also a southpaw. He's, a, he's It'll like be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, Andres just superbly talented. So plus he fights out of both stances. So we'll see how that how that fight turns out as well. And That's on Friday night in Atlantic City. It's on Spike TV. for anybody wants to check it out, PBC, uh, PBC on Spike. And then uh, Saturday we got two big cards. We got the the Fox card. That uh honestly is in the better weather. It's in the nicer area, so I don't get to work it. Uh, Victor Ortiz vs Andre Berto rematch of 2011's fight of the year.
2: That's I'm excited. for A lot this of one. bad blood as yeah. it was in the
1: first fight. You know, Berto and Ortiz uh, are, are are two guys who are um, big rivals. Uh, they had an exciting first fight, as we just said, it was a fight of the year when they fought, and uh, they've been talking it up for this rematch as well. You know, uh, I think Ortiz sees this as his. As a, a win here brings him right back into the mix where he wants to be, where he's been missing for a little while, and uh, it Bertil, does, it does. And Burdo, who's been more active, you know, kind of reestablishes himself with a win, you know. So it'll, uh, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a good fight for both guys. I think it's a good fight for boxing fans, and I love it that it's on network TV. I love it that it's on on Fox uh, because on the mainstream Fox, because you know, these are not only big names, maybe a little bit past their prime, but they're big names that make exciting fights and so you if you want to generate new viewers like, this is the kind of fight you want to watch if you have anybody that you know you want to become a boxing fan or, or you you know watches boxing just uh, occasionally or whatnot, not have them watch this fight because if it's anything like the first fight it, it'll be a real barn burner um, I don't think it course, has a choice to do anything. There's also the intangible, as you never know which Victor Ortiz you're gonna get. Well, that's you know, another Victor thing. might quit in a round, or Victor might just right. Fight go balls to the wall, and it'll be World War Three. Well, you know? Tommy Raynone
2: texts me and and our friend Tommy, and he's like, uh, I think Victor Ortiz, you know, knocks him out or whatever. And I said. You'd like to you'd like to think that that it's possible, but it depends which Victor Ortiz shows up. Exactly, yeah. it's and Berto's one thing a about tough Berto, guy. Yeah, one thing Berto's about Berto, tough, he's not yeah. gonna submit
1: to you, right? You know, one thing about Berto, the question is always with Ortiz: Will he submit? Some nights he wants to submit, some nights he doesn't. Like when when, when Louis Berto, Colazo beat him, yeah.
2: I don't care what anybody says. I mean, he could have got, got up. Yeah, it's just a fact. But it was
1: just—I think he realized the fight was gonna be tougher than he thought it was. Mm-hmm. You know, he realized he was in the ring with a quality guy, and and the first two mm-hmm. rounds had showed him that. You know, mm-hmm. Louis was capable of hitting him, capable of you know making a miss. Just you know, when you're in the ring with quality, mm-hmm. and I just think once he got dropped, he was like, man, it's gonna be a tough fight. He I'm realized he I'm wasn't good. on a movie yeah, set. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm good. Kind of like
0: when Tyson bit Holyfield's ear.
1: Well, with Tyson, Olefield, yeah, it was a lot of fouling, a lot of rough house. Well, stuff. he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna yeah get, I don't want to fight this guy
0: anymore. Yeah. I'm going to bite his ear. If Damn, I got to do 12 rounds of getting
2: yeah. head butted like this and getting my ass kicked, this is a problem. Yeah. So you know,
1: sometimes you know, you, you know, you never know the mood, guys. Remember Andrew Golota did the same thing. Remember Andrew Golota right. kept fouling out against Freddie
2: Bow. He did it even when he was winning, though. That's what's weird. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> he just did not seem smart. Everybody with Michael. Like, Grant, why too. do he just you took took like 10 Count against yeah. Michael Grant and play? He yeah. was winning. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I'm good.
2: Like Andrew, why do you like? Hitting people in their cock. I mean,
1: <laughs> well, I, think, I think he just figured that would be the easiest way to get himself DQ. You just talk about yeah. Michael Grant. I remember that. And uh, no, Lennox State that fight was. And
0: uh, Michael Grant was getting beat up a lot in that fight too. But then he won. Well, he got, he got, he got crushed right. in the first round. He was down he came back and he won. won back, he dropped, and he got the title but, shot. You're like, yeah, oh my then, god, yeah. that's that was that was locksmith right there. Like yeah. this guy cannot Absolutely. beat Lennox Lewis yeah, if he had yeah. three arms.
1: I remember that card. I was at the National Golden Gloves. It was in May 2000. And I remember we couldn't get the we couldn't get the card in the hotel, and uh, that card also had Junior Jones against uh, I believe it was Junior Jones against Paul Engle on the on the Lewis oh, versus wow. uh, yeah. Michael Grant card. I, I remember uh, I used to spar with Junior. I remember I had spar with Junior preparing for that fight as well. Junior came up a little short, but you know he had had himself a good career and was a. Multiple division world champion as well, with uh, wins over Barrera, Mar- two wins over Marco Antonio Barrera. But I remember, I remember that. It was like the last hurrah for Junior, and I was really pulling for him was, uh, you know, he was one of the guys I grew up admiring in yeah. the gym and got a lot of rounds sparring with him as well. I yeah, I remember watching fight. that fight. Yeah, that was that card. But going back to this weekend, then the card I'm working, I think it's also a solid card Uh, my buddy James DeGale, uh, who I uh, went to see in training camp in Miami while I was down there. Chunky! Uh, looking sharp. I tell Chunky sparred 10 rounds on Thursday, a week before the fight. With three different sparring partners Thursday, and I'll give you know, and, and, and uh, in in a a gym that's hot as hell. First of all, that South Beach Boxing Gym and the Fifth Street Boxing Gym. Shout out to Dino from the Fifth Street Boxing Gym. Shout out to Donato and all and, uh, all the fellas uh, down at the Fifth Street Boxing Gym. All, all the, Shout all out the to pals. Adriana Lima. Shout out to Adriana <laughs> Lima. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. in there, we'll get into that after so go ahead. every yes. day, but uh, yeah, so you know. That gym is hot as hell. If you go to a real boxing gym, there's no AC, first of all. If you're in a boxing gym with, with any air conditioning with air conditioning in it, then you're not in a real boxing gym. But, yeah, uh, go
2: to Dolphin Fitness yeah. if you don't want to be uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> but, um, so th- hot as hell. Uh, James DeGale also making weight. Because I know a week out of the fight, you're also making weight. So you're, you, know, you start to taper down a little bit. He Shake still out. sparred 10 rounds, three different sparring partners in the extreme heat of the 5th Street Boxing Gym down in Miami and uh, looked very impressive doing it. He had some good sparring partners, guys that were really coming at him and and, and really making him work and really working him at some points. Uh, Shout out to James Aguil. He's definitely ready for the fight. Uh, And then uh, uh, another good fight, uh, another friend of mine, Badu Jack, uh, another guy I respect a lot, uh, Lucien Boutet, two guys who really uh, uh have been looking good recently. That's two a guys who people didn't believe in as as recently as a couple of years ago. I think most people would not have believed in Badu Jack and Lucien Boutet 2 years ago. This is this is the amazing thing about amazing thing about boxing. If 2 years ago you would have told us in a couple of years you can have a main event, a major main event for a world title between Lucien Boutet and Badu Jack, people would have laughed at you. Mm-hmm. You know, instead you know, all people would have said it's probably going to be a shitty fight, and right. nobody's going to look forward to it. Right. Instead, it's a, not only is it a great fight, but people are looking forward to it. Because this is how things change in boxing so quickly. You know, the momentum. Like really they changes. say,
2: and meet the parents. We like it.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, Mo made a U-turn, and momentum. Right. That's is a fact. bringing both of their careers to this point. So, and, and then the great thing about that card, which I'm working by the way on Saturday, uh, the, the sh- it's in Washington D.C. By the way, um, it's that um the winners are contractually obligated to fight each other. So that's pretty cool. You know
0: let me ask you as a commentator as an analyst what what do you do
1: I'm just curious I don't know what do you do during the undercard that's not televised well we're usually rehearsing and we're usually going over the stuff that we're going to talk about between fights when we're on the air you know because we between fights when we're on the air we have to discuss the fights we have to discuss what we're going to discuss how we're going to discuss it you know so we usually plan out you know our, our in between fights discussions um uh you know, during the undercard. And then when we get some time, I get some time, I'll I'll go watch some of the fights as well. Oh, cool. It's pretty cool you know?
2: Some undercards and yeah, you catch some good prospects if Yeah, you sometimes get break. you catch some
1: good prospects and whatnot, sometimes you get some you, know, sometimes you just catch some good fights in general that you know T V view I remember sometimes
2: uh you'll be like rehearsing and you'll text me like, Yo, let me know how this kid does, you know yeah. like yeah, you cause cause you didn't get a times, chance yeah, to yeah, see sometimes, it, sometimes
1: yeah. like if I'm on Showtime a showtime extreme is on the air, you know and uh, you know sometimes I don't always get to catch those showtime extreme fights, you know? So it's pretty cool. So, Saturday's a nice night of boxing. I mean, this is one of those nights where if I wasn't working, I would have looked forward to hanging out in the Pete's crib and everybody, the whole neighborhood gets invited and we watch the whole, uh, all, all of boxing and uh, having the Coronas out Boom. and having the Keggerator. Boom. Boom. I don't even know if they, uh, if they ain't sponsored us anymore. They don't. Yeah, that's We lost right. kegerator. Give <laughs> so just- us that sponsor back. But anyway.
2: <laughs> that's we one, gotta stop playing
1: that. Yeah, we gotta uh, stop playing one. that one. Yeah, because unfortunately we don't have them anymore.
2: Uh, no, just just for the record, guys. Um, all you Twitter pros and all these guys that think they know exactly what they're watching. James the Gale is another one that, if not yeah. on the pound for pound list, should be right or, around, will, yeah. or will or yeah, will be.
1: Yeah, the yeah, Gale's a beast.
2: He just had his coming out party last year when he beat Darrell. So yeah, nothing great. but bright. Bright, bright stars for him in the future. Yeah, so.
1: absolutely. The Gale's a beast. Don't sell Porky short. Yeah, Chunky. Porky's the opponent. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. That's what I'm Chunky saying.
2: versus Porky.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what what are we watching? Game, like Midgets fight each other? we <laughs> like, are all watching Looney Tunes. Why right? is there not midget boxing? That's a good you question. are like watching right? Looney Tunes. <laughs> yeah, Chunky versus Porky.
2: It's like so the Seven Dwarves.
1: And speaking of DC, I was in DC yesterday. We had, uh you know, we're going to talk about this real quick. uh Spike, um, UFC, Premier Boxing Champions, Bellator, Scott Coker—they're all going into this. They're putting, they're both, they're funding a movement with the help of Washington, obviously. To um, all brains matter. Well, yeah, I guess we can call it that. But really, to um, <laughs> to uh, push more testing in boxing—a special kind of testing where you know they're they're going to keep track of your records throughout your boxing career, and that way they can physically analyze you because you might look fine. You know, everybody's brain is different. Today, my brain might look fine, but maybe if you compare it to my brain ten years ago, and I'm just this is all hypothetically speaking. I'm, you know, I'm I'm just using myself as oh, no, you've as been retarded for example, years, right? Example. Ten years ago, my brain might have been even better. I mean, that's not to say that you look at my brain now and it looks fine. So, it, oh, you know what? That's just that's just his brain and it's fine. It's whatever. There's no there's no uh, we can't tell the difference. Now that we're gonna this this testing that we're gonna be doing is gonna continue to test fighters through the years, so that there's a record of the way your brain was in such and such year then in this this year this year and this year so even if you feel fine you can keep track keep pace of where your brain is going because some guys they deteriorate faster than others some guys deteriorate slower than others I mean I remember watching Terry Norris and he was a, a great fighter a who I didn't think got hit a lot but he didn't have a good chin so that means more concussions because he would get knocked out Jake LaMotta you could hit him with the kitchen sink the table the chair everything and he's the oldest living world champion right now he's totally fine he's like 94 95 years old so you know knock on wood that he keeps living to 100 hopefully So, scratch the balls. Yeah. So you know, it's a thing where everybody's brain is different everybody's body is different and by the way scratch your balls is like knock on wood it, it's in right. Sicilian in Sicilian don't meat. look at me weird I just <laughs> looked at Pete weird It's <laughs> Sicilian <laughs> we don't knock on wood we scratch our balls but
2: Italians that's, are weird in a sense like that's the superstition It's, it's like
1: a, it means basically knock on wood but you, anytime somebody says something you don't want to happen you just grab your balls and you scratch
2: them <laughs> but if you know what's weird is with Italians like if you don't do it it's like you're making us uncomfortable like you got you're right, you gotta yeah. sc- exactly. yeah, I, I scratch them yeah, thank you for the. 100. Just for, yeah. for just for Jake LaMotta's purpose, you know, yeah. you know, you got to do it. Yeah, yeah. Or God forbid something
0: yeah. LaMotta.
1: So you know, so this is the, the the testing that we were down there with. And it, I was down there. Austin Trout was down there, but he was already down there because he's there in training camp, get preparing right. for Jamal Charlo. And we had Another Phil Davis of uh, Bellator MMA uh, uh, fame. He was a former Penn State uh, national champion mm-hmm. wrestler. He was also in the UFC before. Uh, really, really educated. Nice. And who'd kid you meet? There. Come on. I met Senator John McCain. Boom, boom, boom. Who was a really cool, and it was taller than I thought. I mean, I know that every, like everybody's taller than me, so I, I shouldn't say. But I didn't realize right. John McCain was taller than me. Like on TV, I was convinced when I He's saw him a on TV. Fucking
2: prisoner thought, of war.
1: I thought I, when I saw him on TV, I was convinced he, I was taller than John McCain. Like he always looks so short on TV. I guess because he's always standing next to tall people on TV, maybe. He's got a round face. But, bro, bro <laughs> right. I stood next to him. Nice guy, by the way. Loves boxing. The only guy in Washington who actually cares about trying to pass rules. I think he was the guy behind the Muhammad and Aliak getting passed and whatnot. So, gotta love this guy. But he was taller than me. I mean, literally, is everybody taller than me? Adriana Lima was taller than me. Everybody's damn taller than me. What's going on over here? <laughs> what,
0: what did you... Um, how'd you, you end up going you, down there, anyway? How'd right. that how'd come about? What? Go Washington, to yeah. Forget about my uh, Premier Boxing this.
1: Champions. Uh, you know they uh they called me up and they wanted to uh know if I would represent Premier Boxing Champions down there and in, uh, in speaking in front of uh, a couple of people and there that's was media great. There we were at the Capitol Building. It was really cool. It was a nice little event, and hopefully, it raises more awareness for this uh, right. safety in boxing. Uh, you
2: had a chance. You had a chance to talk to Senator McCain yeah, about. Yeah, and
1: I talked to Senator McCain, and I brought up about you know how important this is that we just get you know we continue to get the funding behind this because sometimes you know politicians they do something just to, to get you know just so people know they're save talking about it, but to save face. But I said we got to get behind this, and then we need federally funded uh, year-round drug testing in boxing, federally funded so that everybody can do it. You know what I'm saying? Because if you want to make boxing safer. You're gonna have, you're gonna have, this testing keeping track of the damage, and the other testing avoiding a lot of the damage. That's a great you know? point. So you I, can't I thought argue it, with it'll that. go right. hand. It would go hand in hand, but boxing cannot just fund itself with year-on drug testing. You know? that's, it, the it, issue, right? that's the issue, right? That's the thing. It's not like another major sport. Testing. Yes, not like uh, another major sport. and automatically, you'll. And somebody, another guy came up to me afterwards uh, who was in, in that conversation. He said, "You know what's funny?" He goes. Automatically when you start doing that, you start seeing some things. Guys start failing tests. You start seeing less records get broken
2: mm-hmm.
1: and your sport becomes younger. All at, the, if you not randomly drug test any professional sport, those three things will happen automatically. The w- sport will get younger because the old guys will automatically phase out because they can't hang unless they they're doing something. Baseball All the guys. Look uh, at baseball
0: right now. Records
1: stop getting broken. Baseball. And guys start failing. Yeah, no know?
0: nobody's hitting 40 home runs anymore. Baseball. So, yeah.
1: So, and I told, I gave John McCain this other example. I said, John, and he actually said I had a good point. I said, Mr. McCain, Senator McCain, I said, here's the thing. You look at the football players from the 50s and 60s, you look at modern day football players. They have to change all these rules because, you know, this hit causes damage and this hit causes damage because the players of the 80s and 90s got so damaged that now they've made American football so different that you can't hit this guy this way and you can't make a tackle this way, you can't lead with your head, you can't touch the quarterback, you can't do anything. You basically made it a flag league. Instead of, if they would have just done heavy steroid testing during the 80s and 90s, as opposed to anything else, letting everybody get away with it, you wouldn't have had 14-ton Amtrak trains running through quarterbacks or running through linebackers or or, or running through running backs or whatnot so that this damage is happening because even the guy doing the hitting is getting damage at that point you know what of i mean course. The, it's not normal for a, a 400 pound person to run a 4 7 40 yard dash it's not normal you know what i'm saying and, and hitting you with that force so you you look at the guys from the 50s and 60s they were hitting each other worse than they were less padding less helmet yet they were fine frank gifford just died at 85 years old he was working Monday Night Football the in the 90s and the early 2000s. He was a running back. And he back. was fine. Running back. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, crushed. So, how is... And I asked, I asked Mr. McCain, I said, how is I said, "How is it that those guys are totally fine from those generations, 50s, 60s, 70s? And then the guys from the 80s and 90s suddenly come and everybody's so damaged that they have to change the rules in football. That they have to change the rules. You cannot hit this way. You cannot lead this way. You can't do that. If you would have just steroid tested them very strongly, there would have been no difference between the 50s and 60s and the 80s and 90s. No, why... The, PD start to enter all sports you have to control the sports you have to nip it in the bud right away and Senator McCain looked at me he goes you know what I, that's a good point I never thought of that I said I, I appreciate you that you like my point I hope yeah, I at least planted a seed or something that you know we can do, move something in the right direction. and right. Hopefully so. Who can argue with that? I mean, no, I mean, you can't. If
0: you, you, especially, it's one thing in baseball hit a baseball 500 feet, yay! But you're in a boxing and getting punched yeah. in the face, yeah. right? I mean, you could kill you're somebody. You're each other's lives, right? About right. It. Even if you
1: don't die that night, the fact the right. damage you took in a fight with, uh, uh, if you, even if you're on performance anti drugs and your opponent is on performance anti drugs, even if you at they say it's an even playing field, the damage you're doing to each other is like those football players in the 80s and 90s mm. where everybody was on it, they were just ramming into each other, destroying. Destroying each other. I mean, right. so what happened? What as happened bad as was you want As bad as that. that, right? Well, yeah, what ha- exactly. what ended up happening?
2: What ended up happening in the NFL is like, oh, Junior Seau, uh passes away. Right?
1: Yeah, he kills himself. He he killed himself. They the have, have this. Do- they said they have this disease. You know right, what I'm
2: saying? They said they said, let's. Uh, can you can you would you donate your body for research so that we could, mm-hmm. uh, you know? They asked his family, and it was like a big thing. I think he
0: wrote a letter. He wanted to do it. Right.
2: But now four players from that. Yeah. Right, so now you're gonna analyze his brain. Do we know if he was on anything when he was in his prime? You know, because again, uh, he's I hitting mean, these pretty, guys. It's
1: pretty safe uh, to say, those right? Play, all those players were on it because mean, like he's that too. The, the size. Of he was a beast. Players, the size of linemen in the in in the '90s and '90s. Doubled and tripled from the size of, of linemen in the fifties and sixties. I mean, Jim Brown was running through the line in the fifties and sixties. Right. You know, the, he was bigger than the linemen at that time. Right. You know, that wouldn't have happened in the eighties and nineties. Oh, look at Reggie White. <laughs> but not only that. Here's the thing. I, I forget what that thing is called. Encephalopathy or some some weird has a weird name. That chronic encephalopathy. That thing where you get that depression and people kill themselves or they lose their mind. That happens in boxing too. People just aren't studying right. boxers, dude. Jermaine Taylor losing his mind. I knew Jermaine Taylor. The dude was totally normal. He was actually. He wasn't, a one of, phenomenal he wasn't guy. like an Adrian Brown where you're like, oh, you know what? That guy lost it and that guy always lost it. You know, he never had it. He was lost. Jermaine Taylor was totally well spoken. Jermaine Taylor was nice married. Guy, you know, kids. Cool. Like, I know him. I know him. Since, dude, the guy was normal. I don't know what happened to him. He lost his mind. So how do you know that that's not the same concussion symptoms that football players get? Why does why do boxers get a bad name, but our football players like oh, you know what? Yeah, he suffers from that 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 thing from the concussions. Arturo Gatti was out of his fucking mind, dude. Arturo Gatti was nuts. I don't think he killed himself. I really don't. Right. I mean, he may I don't, he may have done some crazy shit, but one thing yeah. about Arturo, I don't think he killed. But. The same thing. He would lose. He, he would lose his mind out, go out partying. You know what I'm saying? So, the well, first had, thing I think of is well, no. he had
2: problems. He had. Toro had problems with his equilibrium. That he. It was hard for him to judge where he put his cell phone. Who, who took
0: more shots to than his, he did? He to his ear, his head. <laughs> yeah. He, no, really, serious. <laughs> not not well, joking. I think about Chris Benoit, the wrestler. He, he was like one of the right. most respected guys yes, a in lot the, of the business. Too,
1: because the, you know, even though it's staged, you, you're taking those falls, dude. It's He's to not- drop on his head. That was yes. his move. He was yes. one of the most respected
0: guys in the locker room, and he goes and kills himself and his yep. family. Yep. Right. I mean, come Alexis on,
2: Alexis Aguayo. Yeah. Right. I mean. Yeah.
0: They, so it, you, know, know, just, you know, you hope that the studies can. And they studied Chris Benoit's brain, and yeah. it was all messed up. Yes, so you uh, right. these But again, they're
2: studying right away. They're going to look at the brain. But what's uh, what's the preventative of that? Is clean
1: clean sports. Yeah, it clean helps. Sports, clean sports. It helps a lot. You're not going to hit each other the same way, of course. Of
2: course. Reggie White was an all-time sack leader. He looked like he had a big belly. Remember? Look at look at the guys now. Right. Justin Tuck, one of my favorites. The guy's mm. a specimen.
1: Like guys on the he line The defensive linemen were fat. In they had pop yeah, bellies. Day. <laughs> That's how they gained their weight. Now, now they're all ripped and shredded. Uh, different. They're story. running faster so, than Paulie does. Steroid really testing more strict. Football and instead boxing. of pretending you care. If you really yeah. care about these athletes' safety. Stop pretending you care with with all with doing all this other shit. You got to nip it in the bud and do the and do the steroid testing first. Strict steroid testing is the first is the backbone of it all. You can do the extra brain testing, all the other stuff. We appreciate it and it's loved and obviously anything anything in that direction is appreciated, but you got to do the extra steroid testing, steroid testing first.
2: Was there anything else that you wanted to tell Senator McCain that you didn't get a chance to or
1: Oh, uh, yeah, I wanted to tell him actually about the uh the fact the Muhammad Ali act. It's a great act, but a lot of times the thing that's stipulated that's not that's not um, designed in the law is when the, the promoter has to give you those numbers and we just saw a, an issue with Chris Algieri and and, and Joe DiGuardia Seth
2: do you know was, what the Ali Act is? He, I was they, just going to look it up you, they actually. have to give
1: you the, the total numbers going into the package basically if Joe DeGuardia who's not the promoter of the show but he he's, has his fighter being used on the show which was uh, um, Chris Algieri he receives a package from the said promoter who has the show from the Bell Entertainment um, you know uh, so, the Bell Entertainment gives Joe Guardia a certain package. Then Joe Guardia will give a uh, Chris Algeria his purse. Algieri is mandated to get a certain percentage of the package, or that's usually how it works with the contract. But the package is supposed to be de- is supposed to be uh, not withheld. The amount of the package is not supposed to be withheld from the fighter. You can't tell the fighter if the package is. 10, you can't tell the fighter, here, I'm going to give you 5, and, and the, the fighter has no right to know what the package is. You have to tell the fighter what the package is first. So Full disclosure. You have to give full disclosure. The problem with the Ali Act is it's good that before the Ali Act, the promoter never had to give that full disclosure. Now the promoter has to let you know what the package is. Okay? And then negotiate with you after that. But the problem is, the Ali Act doesn't tell you when you have to give that package. When you have to let the fighter know the package. For example, I know for many... Fights in my career, my early part of my career, I wouldn't know till the weigh-in they, because it doesn't tell you when you. You just have to find out before the fight. So they would literally many times I would get mildly act after the fight. You know what I mean, or the weigh-in, or even after the fight. So Chris Algieri is trying to find out the amount of this package the entire time in training camp, the entire time in training camp because he, you know, he's not going to turn the fight down. It's a big fight, and he, a fighter, needs to make a living. You know, you can't turn every fight down. So. At a certain point, well, here's the offer. You wanted to know. You can't say no, 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 and then eventually, okay, the dead we have a deadline. You have to say yes by this day, or you don't get the fight. You know, Chris needs the fight, so he's going to try to withhold back, and then you know, hopefully, he gets the package. if He holds back, he didn't get it, so he's like, all right, I'll just take the, I'll take this offer. You know, we we need a big fight. You know, which is what a fight, the position a fighter gets put into. But then what happens? You know, you find out the package later. It was a fifty percent split. No promoter deserves fifty percent. I don't care what he invested. No promoter deserves fifty percent at that point. Let alone the promoter that's already made his money back. But I don't want to continue to ride this, but p- fighters need to their rights to be protected much better. Uh, the Ali Act is a, is a, is a, is, a, is, a, is a something in the right direction. It needs to be slightly amended in that the disclosure has to happen the day the fight gets the, the day the fight gets stipulated and signed. The day you announce the fight, the Ali Act has to be disclosed to the fighter. Well, it's the, funny you even, just use even, a key even word before actually, even you just, before actually, because if you announce the fight, that means this contract has been signed already. So before you an officially announce a fight. Everything has to be disclosed.
2: Right. You just said the key word when it's signed. So a fighter essentially is signing on a paper that he doesn't know. So he's yeah. verbally so saying, he, he I knows, commit to the fight. Yeah.
1: He knows the purse, but how does he know, you know, where, where they, the money's going? Said Don King used to do that all the time. Where he, I, don't, I think he gave, said he gave Tim Witherspoon like 140,000 for a fight with a bone crusher Smith. Was it? Or, or, uh, or something. And the package is like a million dollars. Right. I was like. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. But at that time, the Ali Act didn't even exist, so right. it was up to Witherspoon to do his due diligence if he could do it or not. But now the Ali Act exists, but these guys don't get the full package until the promoter wants to give it to them half the time. You know what I mean? So you, know, you got you got to limit, you got to change the sport, you got to change the way the sport is run, dude. Unfortunately, you know one thing. Uh, the, the Tom Howe's article w- w- when it came out about Al Heyman was saying. Uh, He said it in a criticism way, which I didn't agree with, was he eliminates the the middle-range promoter. The way Al Heyman does business, only mega-promoters can stay in business. Dude, if you're a mid-range promoter, go get a fucking job. Because the only way you can make money in this business, being a mid-range promoter, is screwing your fighters. You cannot make money being a mid-range promoter. Unless you're co-promoting, like my lawyer Steve Bash does with Top Rank. He does all these little shows for Unimas. And and, and that's the only way you're making money. Otherwise, you're going to lose money every fight. So the only way, if you're making money and you're a mid-range promoter and you're not co-promoting half the time or most of the time, you're losing money. Or you're fucking your fighter. You know what I mean? It's one or the other. So... The fact that you eliminate the mid-range promoter, I don't have a problem with eliminating the mid-range promoter, dude. Let, let's keep only the big guns in who they can make money because they can get the TV dates and they can get, make their fighters' money and everybody gets treated right. I don't have a problem with it. I think fighters got to get treated fairly. Fighters are the ones risking their life. Fighters are the ones busting their ass. And fighters have, are the ones who also have to pay the rest of the team when they do get paid.
2: Right. Yeah, you see the big number on, on, on the you know, it's public knowledge what fighters get paid. You see that big <laughs> number. You don't realize
0: half of it goes to the fucking taxes. Well, and then Douglas against yeah. uh, Holyfield, he was on TV. Howard Stern. He said his purse was twenty four million. He said, "How much did you clear out of that?" He goes, "A million No, and Howard, wasn't.
2: no, that's that's insane.
0: Howard, that Howard, yeah, Howard told him, like, you know, and he felt he, made a, he yeah. didn't realize he didn't realize he was screwed.
2: Like, yeah, Howard's yeah. like, "Are
1: you kidding me?" Yeah, yeah. So who was that? Buster, Buster, Buster Douglas. Douglas against Holyfield. No, no. I don't think he cleared a million. Buster Douglas. He cleared a lot more than you know, that. Lost Douglas cleared a lot more than that. He just bust, he just ruined it in other ways. Yeah, Buster. he ate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but in re- in all reality, I mean. Taxes <laughs> Don't get me started on those oh, no, started But think about it People
2: don't People don't take that Into consideration So You go and you fight For say a million dollars You don't Yeah you get a check For a million dollars It's not your money The same way you get your check And if Bernie Sanders you And Hillary get,
1: come into town yeah.
2: You're gonna get even less than that <laughs> Right But you get your check Seth I get my check From my construction job Every two weeks and what I get Is my money They're not giving me a check And telling me Hey you Gotta pay your taxes On your own that's what happens with fighters. These guys got a million dollars, but half of it goes to goes to taxes anyway. And until then on top of it, you're paying your your team. You know, I'm a water it? boy. I'm a water boy, but I'm an expensive water boy. You know what I mean? So, he had to pay me for for years. Stop making fun of me. Right. Yeah. But, you know, it, it is what it is. People don't realize those numbers, and mm-hmm. it's kind of scary. I would leave the uh, the accountant's office with him, and he'd be like, "Uh, yeah, though this is what I got to pay." Okay. I mean, you're talking about, he could have bought a house with the money that he just sent one payment to the IRS, you know, and that's, that's just insane. And I don't think Especially people, you know, you're
1: not going to make that money forever. You know? Right.
2: It's not, right. it's not like a baseball contract a where it's guaranteed. Window. Right. You know, a baseball is guaranteed. You're going to get fuck 20 million
0: bucks. Like, okay. Hey, oh, it's done already. Right, but, right. It's still gonna make 20. but even
2: if it's 20 million, it's only 5 million a year, which you deserve more. You know, you're getting 5 million a year. You know, in boxing, you lose a fight, you go down to nothing. And people still look at you as this big celebrity guy. And, you you know, they assume you're making a ton of money. And if you've done the right thing with your money, then maybe your money can make money for you. But in most of the cases... You know these guys are; these guys aren't doing that anyway, and they're living off of it because they expect it to come the next day, but it doesn't come the next day.
0: It happens to football players, not as bad, but yeah, well, they, their yeah. contracts
2: football are players, not guaranteed. Their
0: contracts also pretty shitty, you know. Yeah, yeah.
2: No, hockey. too. I mean, but listen, rough. football the, the contracts are not guaranteed, and that sucks. You get That's injured. Why
0: don't give players or boxers crap for asking for more money. They need to get as much right. as they can as for because <laughs> for that small window.
2: The owners, the owners, a gazillionaires, right? You know, but uh. Listen, there's a lot of shit out there. If you really, if you, if you're trying to do it for uh, to to be liked, that's not the the goal. Do it because you really believe in it. You know, you want to protect athletes, protect
0: them. Don't that, just say it. That's a great play. you Got to go down there and talk to him and yeah. you know and I didn't get
1: to talk about that though. That was what they Pete asked me about. You know, if I would have had more time with Senator McCain, I would have brought up the Aliak stuff. You know, but hopefully I'll get another chance to speak to him. He's a good guy and he and he means well and he's uh. Definitely means well for the fighters. The only guy in Washington that actually talks about this kind of stuff. Anyway, that's our uh, show for this week, right? right Wait, hold on. What? What's your problem?
2: Rest in peace, Prince. Come on, man. We
1: forget Prince, man. Yeah, that was a a shock. Purple
2: Rain. You didn't listen to Purple Rain? Purple Hoop Little Red what? Corvette
1: kid. Yeah I yeah. know Prince
0: Come on Prince is great yeah, oh, no. That guy passed no. away He's a I legend People were no. no. ragging no. on him too They said oh he drug, drug overdose It's like This guy had operate. He was taking he's Percocets a, So he can play, perform yeah. on stage Because nah, nah, he was in pain nah, nah. It's, it's yeah.
2: drugs. Nah. But not even that Just think about what he did For so many people He's an inspiration He's, yeah. he's a, he's he's a an, god In music I actually saw something On Facebook There's a gentleman That does a lot of work For CNN The black guy Bold and he he worked for the White House. And, and he told a story of how he lost his job. Mm-hmm. And he was talking to Prince about it. And Prince was like, you know, well, why are you so down? You know, like, what what's wrong with you? And he was like, I just lost my job. Like, I had a good job. I was in the White House. Like, I made so much progress to get there. Mm-hmm. And now I'm out, you know. And he was like, Prince goes, write down on a piece of paper what you want to achieve. And he was like, you know, what does that mean? He's like... Write it down, and I'll make sure that I help you do it. Like, he was just one of those guys, and he said, I don't want anyone to know. He performed in Chicago. He performed in Baltimore. All these inner cities where it's, like, bad crimes and black-on-black crimes. And Prince performed for free and would put that money towards... Bettering, uh, those neighborhoods? bettering the neighborhoods, or bettering just the community, and having people go around and try to not have so much violence. And it, but he never ever put his name on it. He would basically like you saying to me, "Go give that guy twenty bucks," but tell him it's from you, not yeah, from yeah, me. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's what Prince was I mean, about. Not,
1: there's no, but no, there's no human beings like that anymore. Like, right? You know, there's no human beings. People never, people never do something for nothing. You know, they and that's want, and that's always that's, right. That's is, so is, honorable. Me,
2: I want to thank him for calling Electra. You know, that he was named her. He right. named her. He said, Baby, yo, pussy is electric. <laughs>
0: it's so good. I mean, it's such a it such a warm story and, and peaches. No, took but it's true. Gun. You got
2: well, you gotta appreciate the guy for everything, right? <laughs> Musically he was the best. He did some noble stuff like we just talked about and honorable stuff. And he was, a, it was, and a, he was a, a fucking <laughs> cocksman. The guy was a <laughs> pimps pimp. And he was, was like five foot four. <laughs> 18 pounds it was probably hey, all in his it. it was probably all in his cock too can Super, you flyweight champion yes. yes he would have been a strawweight <laughs> but he was taking down the heavyweights as far as women man <laughs> god bless him oh, god bless bro, him rest is right peace yeah. to prince, man, you know god. you have such a legend like that and, and then and then like a couple days later it, the music business gets like um, speaking of which by, uh, by the way prince dies Kanye West is perfectly healthy it's it's fucked up world but <laughs>
0: In um, you know, China, then, the wrestler China died too.
2: China, uh, yeah. yo. Prince uh, took away her shine. He did. Like, Prince could have held same out day. for a couple of I days. Michael least. Jackson
0: died the right. same weekend uh, as Farrah Foster. Farrah uh, Foster
2: got nothing. You know, China I'll, gets nothing. I went to school with China. I was
0: in class with her in college. Yeah. 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 Before That's she became. Before she was China. Before yeah. she was a dude, right? Yeah, when she was a girl. She was right. Joni Lauer. Yes.
2: Right. Uh, she was probably so sweet too.
0: She was. Very
2: nice.
1: Yeah. Yep. Rest in peace to Prince. Rest in peace to both of them. But Prince took
2: away her shine and, you know. But, um,. In in the music business you have something like this, and everybody's mourning and wow, this is you know, so sad, you know? Mm-hmm. Then you got a moron like Birdman. Mm-hmm. You know who Birdman is, Seth? I've been seeing it on Twitter. Uh, is it a hip hop guy? Yeah. He 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 he's from down south. He basically created Lil Wayne and like gave Lil Wayne his first shot with cash money. Mm-hmm. And for some reason I don't know what the fuck happened, but he went to uh The Breakfast Club, with Charlemagne, Angela Yee, and DJ Envy. And before the interview, he basically said, when y'all throw my name around, you got to respect it. He didn't say respect like we would normally say. You got to throw some respect on it. That's what he said. Yeah. And everybody in the studio was like, first of all, where's this coming from? What is he even talking about? But then they're like, Okay, fine. <laughs> you know? And then he says, Yeah, because I hear y'all talking, but when y'all mention my name, throw some respect on it. And I'm like, All right, cool. Charlemagne's like, Okay, you ready now? <laughs> <laughs> so they sit down, and uh, JJ Envy's like, Oh, yeah Welcome to the Breakfast Club. <laughs> we got a special guest today, Birdman. <laughs> and Charlemagne goes, yeah, Birdman, you, you came in here abusing us. You got something on your chest you want to get off. <laughs> and I don't think Birdman wanted to talk about it on the air and he's like, I ain't got nothing to say. He's like, Well, you were saying a lot before, <laughs> you might as well say it. And he's like, Yeah, you should throw him up some respect on my name. Respect. Like Ali G, you know, I was
1: like
2: yeah, respect. shot. Respect. So
1: what, so what did Al Charlemagne do today with this?
2: No Charlemagne was like did you go at Rick Ross like that? Like, you're coming at us all gangster, like, you know? And he was like, Man, I'm coming at you. Don't worry about Rick Ross. Because he knows it wasn't true. And then today, they had Sean Porter, who's fighting Keith Thurman. They, you know, to build it up, they, they had them in the breakfast club. Sean Porter was there. And they took a picture and. Charlemagne's shirt said put some respect on my name <laughs> <laughs>
1: and the picture's on the internet right <laughs> it's on the internet And you Birdman, gotta, where, is where did the, we find that picture oh
0: man I gotta look at it and he was uh. and they, he was trending on Twitter too Birdman like cause these sayings he has like he says
1: you know put I'm some like, respect on my name no but he's also saying uh, is I guess
0: the way he says things something like oh you know, I might go eat, or I might go have. Uh, I might go put food in my mouth. Like there's well, a, no. What, not you know what? They, you know what? They, yeah, right. You know why well, they're saying that?
2: You know why they're saying that? I don't. Because when Charlemagne was saying, "All right, well, you said this to everybody. You know, well, you know, whatever," and he goes, "He goes, man, are y'all finished or y'all done?"
0: Yeah, that's it. That's
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> Are y'all finished or y'all done?
0: So well, wow, okay, we, we have a million different things yeah, that haven't it. decided yet.
1: People got to see this picture. <laughs> they took a picture with Sean Porter. But first of all, made is standing like he's a mugshot for jail. Right. <laughs> but look at this shirt on him. Put some respect on my name. <laughs> Shot, dude. All right. On that note, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, hopefully, the phones work because I'll be in Miami. Boom. That's the end for episode. Put some
2: respect on this podcast. Episode 51. Respect it. Respect it. Yeah,
0: like us. Leave comments. Five stars. Boom. Respect
2: us. semi naked pictures.